recorded live. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here with another installment of The Voice of Christian Israel. Today we have two guests, and we're going to sort of split the show between uh, Pastor Jeremy Visser and Greg Howard. And a lot of people are calling Greg Pastor Greg (laughs) these days. I don't know whether Greg Howard wants to have that terminology put before his name, but I have to say this, Greg has studied in uh, in uh, divinity school four years more than I have, <laughs> so uh, maybe Greg deserves that. You know, Reverend, Reverend Greg Howard, how are you doing today? Pretty good. <laughs> i, I got to say right up front, I, uh, first of all, hello to Jeremy. Good to, hello. Good to see you back. Um, also, I don't really seek any particular title one way or the other. Okay. Um, you know, we, we see such a Judeo-Christian title-churning machine. Um, in fact, just a quick thing, when I was in uh, uh, Bible college, um, the big thing was how many people were actually granted honorary doctorate degrees. Uh-huh. It, was, it was always interesting. I, even back then, I used to think it was kind of odd. Everybody was a doctor, no matter how little <laughs> or how much education they have. Um, right. Guys like Jerry Falwell had multiple honorary doctorates. And then these these individuals would found their own Bible colleges, and then would grant honorary doctors to each other. Right, right. It was it was a strange uh, it was a strange situation, but it it put a funny thought in my head for titles even then. Yes, yes, very good. So, so and then of course we have Pastor Jeremy Visser with us, and uh, Jeremy is going to explain to us what uh, has been happening with him for the last few months as. Uh, as many many people have been asking me about you and uh Jeremy I was not able to you know give them any accurate information so uh, I just told them uh that uh, probably in the aftermath of the Hal Turner scandal that you got caught up with that as an innocent uh, participant right and that uh you know I, I, you, I would have you on here to explain yourself <laughs> as soon as the opportunity arose but as has been my habit the last few shows at the since we are praying every day at noon uh, I've been asking people to pray at noon in their time zone the Lord's Prayer for the great awakening of the people of Anglo-Saxon Israel to awaken to their heritage and their identity as the Israelites of the Bible and so with that in mind let us pray our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Yahweh Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So, Amen. So, Jeremy, uh why have you been avoiding me the last few months? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I have been avoiding everybody yeah, as much as I possibly right. can. Okay. You know, there's a lot of reasons, man. Uh, Uncle Sam's got a lot more power these days than he ever did. Uh-huh. And basically, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up in an entirely different world than my wife did. Okay. And we've been living in Atlanta for the last eight years or so, which isn't a very good place per mm-hmm. se, for a Christian identity. There's a lot of good people down here, but yeah. unfortunately there's a lot of uh, bad elements. So yeah. 
<laughs> especially when when you have four children, all home birthed, all homeschooled, and all homemade. Right. So my wife's been homeschooling the children, and I, of course, have been working at Caterpillar Factory until I got laid off. Okay. Once I got laid off, the stresses of the world came in, finances, so forth. And me and my wife, of course, had always discussed about relocating back to Washington State, which is where she is from and okay. her family is. Well, we've been discussing that for a long time, mostly for the sake of our daughters, because we don't want to raise them up down here where there's so much miscegenation, yes. which goes without saying. Yes. And we had been fighting quite a bit, actually. I mean, in all honesty, we had been fighting a lot, and I kind of my heart had gotten a little bit hardened, and I stopped listening to my wife and got lifted up with pride and vanity. And more or less, we decided that we were going to take a little temporary split. I would stay here with my oldest daughter, and she would go to Washington State with the other children. Okay. And we would work towards the future up there, and I would tie up all the loose ends here. I said, that'd be fine. I take my daughter, and we go camping for the week. Well, unbeknownst to me, while me and my daughter are out camping, fishing, having a good time, hiking around, my mother-in-law, who happened to be one of my mortal enemies for oh. the most part, doctrinally, because they, of course, are Catholic and I'm CI, right. shows up down here in Atlanta and comes to my front door with me not being there with defects, federal marshals, sheriffs, cops, all sorts of people, basically the gates of hell, and comes right. to the house. And my wife is there. Oh. And... So the DFAX people start working on my wife the way DFAX people do and start saying, well, you know your husband's listed on domestic terrorist list. You know your husband's a cult leader. You know your husband <laughs> brainwashes people. And my wife is not is nobody's fool, you know. She's just like, no, that's not true, la di da Well, right. they, they try every angle. And, you know, initially I'm under the presumption that DFAX is just some insignificant alphabet soup group. But in reality, these people actually have a lot more power than the cops do. Okay. And they come and they basically start telling my wife that she could be considered privy to an abusive relationship because I'm so controlling, dominating, and so forth, <laughs> and argumentative, and I possibly had kidnapped my own child. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, and so if she didn't go forward with these papers to get custody on them, they could take our children from us. Right. Which is the the ultimate threat that DFACS likes giving people. Yes. And, and me and my wife are like, well, you know, there's not really much they can do. We're working it out at this time. It started getting really bad. My mother-in-law is edging the situation on, of course. Oh, he's horrible. Sure. He's a Nazi. He's a, he's Aryan Nations. He's all these things. Right. I, uh, at this time, me and my wife decide we're going to reconcile. This is just how it's going to be. But by this stage, she had signed these supposed papers. Oh, Okay. Yeah, under under the assumption that if she signed them, it was up to her to be able to serve them. Okay. But in reality, that's and that's what they had told her. But in reality, that's not the case. So, come so is, August. Is, excuse me. Is DFACS the uh, Georgia Child and Family Services Department? Exactly, the Department okay. of Family and Children's Services down here. Okay. Which, of course, by the time my mother-in-law had had worked on them, had a vested interest in my children's welfare because you know. Daddy might be saying the N-word at home. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we get up. It's it's Monday morning, August 23rd. It is our 10-year anniversary, marriage anniversary, yeah. me and my wife, to the date. We get up, but, you know, we're discussing the situation and talking about how, you know, we need to work on the future. Right. I look out the front door, and here come here come the sheriff's department, uh, like five of them. And there's, of course, you know, in a small town like this, you have to have every police officer in the world. Right. 
they're down here. They come knocking on the front door. My wife's trying to explain to them, no, everything's fine. We're reconciling. Uh-huh. Well, um, they they more or less push her to the side and say, no, we have to enforce this. You have no control over this. Uh-huh. So they serve me with the papers. They come in to my own house. They give me 30 minutes, no, 20, 25 minutes, supposedly. I only took five. They gave me 25 minutes to pack my work clothes, to grab my keys, my identification, and leave my own home yeah. to my wife and my children, which I really don't have much of a problem at this stage because I figure she's just going to Washington anyway. Right. I leave. I, th- during this time, I call my mom. I call my lawyer. They're like, you're not supposed to be on the phone, sir. I'm like, well, you know, whatever. I got 30 minutes. I call them anyway. <laughs> I, I'm bucking on the cops. My wife, my mom's telling me, you know, hey, you need to talk to the cops. Tell them it's your house. Tell them it's your car. Tell them all this. I'm like, these guys, these guys make 12.50 an hour to destroy people's homes. Yes. Their agents is all, they don't give two flips about me, you know. Right. Sure. And I, by this time, the cops are like, hey, li- hey, what'd you say, Mr. Visitor? What are you talking about, you know? <laughs> right. And I'm burning my bridges because I ain't been in jail in over a decade. I'm okay. thinking, you know, I'm vulnerable. Right. I get in my wife's car and leave, leave, leave my wife there. And by this time, defects come flying in. This is when they really got the power because apparently when my wife signed the papers, she was supposed to become a feminazi and start really enforcing and pushing and saying he's horrible, he beats me, does all these things. Right. And she didn't. She was protecting me. So they started saying, oh, you're unfit. You need to. Right. By this stage, because I was already served. Uh Okay. Uh Now, to make a a long story short, the very next day, I'm driving by the hotel where my mother-in-law stayed at. Driving by on the way to my mother's house, who lives about three towns over. Okay. I go to my mother's house, spend the day with my mother. We go out to lunch, have a nice day. I get home that evening. To my own home, my wife and children are gone. I'm like, okay, good. They're with mo- their mother, you know, and, uh-huh. and they're they're doing their thing. About this time, two sheriffs pull up. Sheriff, uh, one of the cops comes out, and he's all asking me, are you Mr. Visser? Are you Mr. Visser? And I, like a fool, come walking out. I'm like, yeah, because I'm under the assumption this has something to do with my wife, perhaps, getting some identification to fly out, whatever. Yeah. About this time, he looks at my ID, nods at the other cop. The other cop comes flying behind me, tackles me on my own front porch, puts right. his knee in my back, scrapes my face on the concrete, handcuffs me, picks me up, and says, Mr. Bissell, you're under arrest for aggravated stalking. <laughs> I said, what in the world are you talking about, aggravated stalking, and who did I stalk? Yeah. They're talking about, oh, well, you, I, we, you'll find out when you get down to, to Spalding County Jail. Oh, you, you happen to drive by your mother-in-law's house. Uh, basically, I happened to drive by the motel room where my mother-in-law right. happened to supposedly be staying, which, ironically, as a condition of the TPO, is blotted out because I'm not supposed to know anyway. Right. So, so now here's the, and this is the interesting thing about all this. Keep in mind, this all these papers and restraining orders and everything were done more or less without my wife's consent, uh-huh. considered ex parte in a courtroom without me even being present. And up until the time I got tackled, I didn't even know what was going on. Sure. So they dragged me to they dragged me to Spalding County Jail, and I'm sitting there getting booked in. And they throw the paperwork out in front of me on my aggravated stalking, and I read it very briefly. And apparently, that's what it says. Is I drove by the motel room. But the irony <laughs> is, is the writing is 300 yards, which is a thousand feet almost. Now, a thousand feet of your wife and children, or whatever that is, that would put me into Walmart, Taco Bell. Rite Aid, United Bank, any place I go in that particular area, which yeah. is besides the point when it comes to Uncle Zog, you know. 
Yes. So they booked me. They put me in jail. Now, finally, that they have me. Now that the, my kidnapping, quote unquote, and all these things are done, and my wife is just trying to leave. All she wanted to do was leave, take the children, and go find us a house up there. Right. Finally, the next morning, finally, they book me in, and about 3 a.m., they call me out of my cell. Now, I'm locked up with an ex-Henry County police officer, which is funny, who was in there for shooting his wife for adultery, <laughs> who, who I think is interesting. And because I'm charged with such a, a strong felony, they, they've got me in, high, in maximum security in the county. You're right. So I'm locked up with a bunch of people with AIDS, bank robbers. Guy who murders whole family and all this, and I'm so, like, oh my god! So you drove past the hotel, and that makes you a a, a a a terrorist. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That made me a terrorist, and, and they were in fear for the for for their life. Right. Me. Now here's irony. My wife had nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. It was my mother-in-law who swore it out, which she wasn't supposed to do, and my lawyer's going to have a field day with that one right. because. Spalding County wasn't supposed to charge me unless my wife supposedly had a problem, and my wife didn't have a problem the yes. entire time. Yes. So I'm in Spalding County Jail. The feds come – well, actually, they call me out of my cell that morning, finally. And here come the Department of Family and Children's Services, and they're asking me all these questions. They're playing good cop, bad cop, and they're trying to tell me my wife says all of these horrible things. Unfortunately, I know my wife, you know, maybe yeah. not as well as I should, but enough to know she's not saying these horrible things, you know, right. ab- about me. And they're asking me questions. Well, how do you feel about your children being with your your wife? I'm like, I'm, the, I'm glad. I mean, yeah. that's their mother. She's the mother of yeah. my four children. You we know? agreed on that. <laughs> they're like, are you going to kill her? Are you going to go up to Washington if she leaves and, and kill her? I'm like, where, where are you getting all this? Finally, about this time, they get up and they go out into the hall. Now, they don't let you smoke in jail no more, but they come back with a cup of coffee trying to soften me up. Uh-huh. And two feds come walking in. This is the second time in 2010 that I've had to deal with the feds since Hal Turner went down. Right. The feds lay out a stack of papers, probably, you know, a phone book length, stacked up, and they start asking me all these questions. They're like, are you Pastor Visser? I'm like, well, yeah. They're like, are you part of uh, Aryan Nations? I said, no, I'm not a part of Aryan Nations. Have you ever been affiliated with Aryan Nations? I said, well, I've worked with them. I've done radio shows with them in the past, but, you know, I'm not an active member. They're all, uh, well, we know Aryan means terrorist. I said, come, ag- I said, come again? And I told them the feds, I'm messing with the feds. Uh, they're like, we know Aryan means terrorist. I said, well, I thought Aryan was a sect of, you know, Indonesian white people. I mean, uh-huh. If you want to redefine the meaning of Aryan into being violence, that's fine, but I'm not a member of Aryan Nations. They pull out this stack of papers, and they're printed forum posts from whitenationalists.org. Okay. It's Martin Lindsay's site. Ah, Mar- ha, ha, Martin Lindsay happens to be infamous for making sock puppets about everybody and for everybody, right. putting words in their mouth. Yes. And finally, by this time, they're they're starting to grill me about white nationalistinfo.org or whatever yeah, Martin Lindsay's site is. is. One of them. He's working yeah, for them. Yeah, exactly. And yes. that's why it really hit me. I said, you know what? I said it in the past, but it's funny. He stacks the deck up so they can come in and say, look. Mr. Visser said he would plant a bomb. I'm like, that's not even me. This is Martin Lindsay. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they, uh, they uh, after that, which I thought was really interesting, the, the Department of Family Children Services come back in. They're like, no, this is Pastor Visser from Covenant People's Ministry. That's somebody entirely different. So they set straight the feds, and I was kind of laughing at the feds. I was like, well, if you want to sit here and try and tie me into terrorist stuff, yeah. when you couldn't do it earlier in the year when Hal Turner went down, go right ahead. It doesn't right. matter to me. Yeah. So, 
So they leave, they go. The next day I get drug into court on the TPO hearing. Now, here's the thing. I'm standing in court. My wife sits sitting on the other side with a bunch of defects people. The judge looks at me. I'm pulled out in chains because I'm still in county jail. They're right. taking no chances with me. they got like five cops around me. My wife and I are just looking at each other like, what? The, the judge comes out and says, who's filing for divorce? My wife says, well, I'm not filing for divorce, Your Honor. And, and I say, I'm not filing for divorce, Your Honor. And, and by this time, the judge starts going off. Like, Shut up, Mr. Visser. If you speak again, I'm going to hold you in contempt. You're not allowed to speak, Lottie Don. I'm thinking to myself, I haven't been able to speak yet. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. So they proceed with my wife. They asked my wife, what, what happened? And my wife said, well, basically, they told me I would lose my children if I didn't sign this paper so I could leave the state with them. And the defects people have been screwing with me, basically doing all of these things. My wife is in the courtroom bucking on the she-boon defects lady right there next to her in front yeah. of the judge, saying, you t- said this, you said this. And, she, of course, the defects lady is giving her attitude. Yeah. My wife looks to the judge and says, you see the type of attitude I'm having to deal with, Your Honor? This is what I've had to deal with. All I want to do is leave with my children and start a new life somewhere else. And the judge says, well, we have to do something. These papers have been signed. My wife says, well, I didn't really know what the papers were. I didn't want these papers served. He says, well, something has to be done. So she says, I'm asking for nine months. I mean, uh, at 90 days. Okay. The judge looks around kind of the courtroom. Now, judges never give 90 days on a TPO. It's usually automatically a year. Okay. But because my wife asked for 90 days, she said, okay, fine. Then she speaks up and says, I'm also asking for the right to be able to write and write letters. And he says, well, why is that? And he says, because I don't want to have to explain to, to our children why they can't talk to their daddy because I signed a paper and made a mistake. Right. And the judge actually granted that, Good. which helped a lot. Yeah. So I go back. To, I'm, I'm I'm considering victory. I go back to my, to my jail cell. She leaves the state the next day and goes. Okay. I'm stuck in jail in Spalding County Jail for three weeks, held without bond because this is a huge felony. And I'm a domestic terrorist. They're not going to give me bond. Right. I have to have my mother go and hire the supposed best attorney on the south side of Atlanta, and to get a special bond hearing, and it was granted. Uh Finally, I was granted bond. My mother posted the $10,000 cash bond, which she's supposed to get back once this is all dismissed. I get out of jail and have now been dealing with my case. The darkest part of my life has been the last three and a half months not being able to talk to my children and my wife, not not knowing what's going on, and the adjustment of being 10 years wife and children there to, you know, boom, instantly gone, here I am alone. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we go, you know, and during this time, you know, I, I, I finally make bond, I get out. About a week later, the feds come to my house. Yeah. This time, it's just two straight police officers, and they're talking to me. And in a lot of ways, I like dealing with the feds better than the, yeah. <laughs> the pace, because they're actually, they don't care about the small stuff. They want to get you on, you know, something big. Right. So they're basically telling me now, playing both sides of the fence. Now, once this was done, defects went away. Okay. But then the feds come to me, and they start saying, you know what, we, we're thinking that maybe your children aren't fit being with your wife. And I'm saying, well, why is that? And they're saying, well, your wife is affiliated you know, through your organization and everything else. I said, well, how so? Well, your wife does the introduction on every one of your radio shows. I okay. said, you've got to be kidding me. You're going to sit here and try and you know, build a case. And try and say that we're unfit parents when my children are angels in contrast to this world. I right. mean, 
you know, they're homeschooled, they're smart, they're intelligent, never, you know, none of these things we delivered them over on. Right. And they want to try and get me into more or less trying to testify on my wife by saying, you know, blaming her for yeah. for what? Exactly. <laughs> like, so that's the time when I went ahead and gave the word out. I said, pull the plug temporarily just for the case of all I wanted to do was, was get less light on me at the given time, not for me, because I bucked on the cops and the feds and, and defects still to this day, but for my wife. And it was to protect my wife just in case they want to come and try and say, oh, well, you're a Nazi because you did this opening on 250 radio shows. They're all back up now, by the way, because by the time I finally go into court this Thursday, and here's what it finally built up to, I go into court, everybody praying, of course, and I've been talking to people within the CI community, and everyone's praying. I go in there. Finally, I'm sitting, sitting, sitting. Finally, get about to lunch. They're about ready to take break. And there has anybody's name been called? I mean, has anybody here whose name hasn't been called? I raise my hand. Go up to the uh, podium there. I'm about ready to give my testimony. Have everything in order at this stage. You know what I mean? I was slipping three months ago, but I had everything ready to go and show them. And, and the judge doesn't even know who I am. He's just like, oh, what is it? Finally, a secretary says, oh, this is the Visser case. Don't you know that one? He's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that was dismissed. Huh. I said, well, when was it dismissed? He said, well, that was dismissed. We got forms of dismissal from your wife. I, and I'm thinking to myself, that actually worked? Yeah. And it did. Because right. my wife in Washington State was working with the district attorney saying, no, I didn't want this to happen. And, you know, these are really bad situations. So finally that was done, and the other case, I'm in the courtroom, I'm leaving considering victory, and my lawyer's there. I don't have to pay my lawyer now because of the uh, it was dismissed before I even went in there. And so he goes down the hall of the district attorney on the aggravated stalking charge. It's pending, but now that the original TPO is dismissed, now that the fact that my mother-in-law wasn't supposed to swear it out, it should pretty much be squashed. And he's hoping to actually sue Spalding County and get me a fat check Good. I hope. Good, <laughs> Good luck. Okay. Yeah, I, you deserve I, it for what they put you through. Yeah, yeah, and here's the other thing. Now, to make a long story short, the other case should be dismissed. I have a new cell phone number, and I'd like to give it out because I'm now winding down everything here in Hotlanta uh -huh. and getting ready now to go back and be closer to my children, which is in Washington State. Right. And so I have a few people, you know, in CI who are – you know, trying to help me. Okay, but well, let me warn you that uh, Lynn Stench is in the chat room. And oh, I that's great. I don't think you should give your uh, cell phone number out because so, he'll get it. Okay, if you well, basically, if anybody, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon, or Idaho is able to help, knows of any job leads, or knows of any cheap rent, base, contact me at covenantpeoplesministry.org. My email go. address is there. Yeah, excellent. So, Okay. And I'd appreciate the help because my wife and I are still very much in love. And I finally got to talk to my youngest daughter who just turned six, and I missed her birthday. But I got to talk to her the other night for like two hours, and it was really enjoyable to, you know, get the updates on all the things they've been up to in the time we've been apart. Because And, and I think to myself, if they were actually able to do this much damage – and myself. Keep in mind, a lot of it was myself. I didn't have my house in order, and I was being cruel to my you know, wife and neglectful for the most part as far as being engaged in the things of the world instead of the things that mattered. Yeah. But if they were able to do this much damage when me and my wife and my children are standing together against them in love and had to be ripped apart, more or less kicking and screaming in a courtroom, right. how much more so damage can they do?
Oh, yeah. When you have a, a scorned ex, you well, know? Ob- yes, exactly. It's obviously trumped-up charges. Uh, they probably were working on your mother-in-law for a long time to get her to start this process, right? They yeah, always work on, They always work on a disgruntled uh, in-law, okay? That, that's what they do. And yeah. the, the in-law makes these fantastic charges, and then... The, the the whole universe of, of federal agents and local cops comes down on you, right? That's yeah. what they do. That's exactly, exactly what they do. Okay. And the irony is, is they tried every single one of those CI angles with me. You know, they went for child molestation, interviewed all my kids, nothing. They went for physical abuse. All my children were like, no, Daddy doesn't spank us because I never have had to. And none of those charges stuck, but in the end, basically, you know, it was the coercement and the threat of my wife possibly losing my children and then being placed with some lesbians or, <laughs> right. you know, that really kind of made her. And she did exactly what I, we had discussed time and time again. If, if it ever hit the fan, I'm the bad guy in all this, you, you know. And so it worked out that way, but yeah. that's exactly what they did. And it is eye-opening to talk to someone who claims to be Christian. I'm talking about my mother-in-law, uh-huh. who really believes that a person is better off in the snake pit or in the county jail. The only thing I learned two and a half, three weeks down in county jail that I didn't know going in was how to cook mess. And it's quite ironic that you sit there and you listen to people talk, and it's ironic that you come out a smarter criminal than you were when you went in in the first place. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, that's a disgusting drug. I've never done it. But you know how the detractor loves running their mouth and going off, oh, I haven't found any charges. Yeah, right, because it's a civil matter. It's not a criminal matter. So while you're in prison, you hear all the shop talk. (laughs) Amazing. 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 Well, here, uh, while we still have you here, I'd like to ask you about your association with Hal Turner and how all that came down. Now, my understanding is that you uh, were just came in on the tail end, and I know that you know I've been involved with a lot of white nationalists in my career, and some of them have turned out to be bad eggs. I mean, really bad eggs, okay? And, uh, and I suspected Turner was one of them, although he never claimed to be identity. He claimed to be a white nationalist, and he had a very large following on his radio show, so uh, you know he's uh, you know he's looked up to by a lot of white nationalists, okay? And uh, I'm sure you know in your mind it was probably a way of spreading the message to white nationalists, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and that's really what it was. My affiliation with that came through uh, Pastor Jay Faber, and me and Pastor Faber had been friends for you know a long, long time. And basically, you know, when I was given the opportunity to preach on the, on the Turner Radio Network alongside Wickstrom and some other several big names, I jumped at the opportunity for the opportunity to more or less spread the gospel. Now, I had my reservations about Hal Turner as well. I remember the whole 4chan thing going down. I remember them supposedly outing an email said he was a Fed. But I was willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. A majority of the material I, I preached – well, ten, ten sermons for that because I covered the Ten Commandments. And they were probably the hardest material I ever preached because I was pushing that envelope for Aryan Nations. Well, I had a feeling at the time I was doing it because of the Yukoi things that had went down before that affiliations always kind of bite you on the hind end. Well, Hal Turner more or less got outed as a Fed, and when he got outed in a Fed, I mean outed as working for the Fed, right. that's the time I 
I think it was March of 08. That's when I inherited my first visit from the Fed. Uh-huh. When they came to my house, Obama had just become president. Right. And they were wanting to know all sorts of questions about bombs and guns and coming in the house. I'm like, come on, man. This is ridiculous. I even told them that. I'm like, the police are worried about preachers, and, you know, there's something wrong in this country. Right. But, uh, yeah, so when Hal Turner went down, there was a lot of suspicion. There were a lot of people that were going, you know, off each other, and it was the same exact thing when the feds came this time. When they came the first time, they were interested in Faber, and they were interested in Martin Lindsay. Right. And they were wanting me to talk about him, and I was telling the feds, I don't really know Martin Lindsay. I don't really know Faber on, a, on an intimate level like that, enough to, to give you to tell you anything about him. Right. But it is interesting how on the tail end of almost all of these things, I'm not trying to get the guy in trouble because, I mean, he's a lunatic, but this Martin Lindsay character does a lot of damage. In, in basically, he does the ADL's job for him. And when you find these disgruntled employee, you know, family members who believe what the ADL write without even thinking for themselves, Martin Lindsay gives them that feel. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. Basically, they were wanting to ask me all sorts of questions, and I was like, "Dude, I just did some audio sermons and gave them to uh, and sent them to Hal Turner. It was it, and he and he played them." But I wasn't affiliated with him in any way, shape, or form. And when he went down, it was bad. When Ukoy went down, it was bad. When Michael right. Burks went down, it was bad. Yeah. So you got to be really careful who right. you affiliate with, right. because Hal Turner opened the door to, or Hal Turner and Martin Lindsay, that affiliation, opened the door to the feds to come in, yeah. which sowed the seeds of, dis, of distrust and discord, and actually gave my enemy the ammo to stack the deck against me when I was weak. And the thing is, is I wrote the book on the devil. Sataniel, you wrote the introduction, Pastor James. Yes. I thought I knew all of his devices, but was so blind I didn't even realize, of course, he's going to go through the weaker vessel. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. Well, they always uh, attack us through our families. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, that reminds me of Elliot Ness and the Untouchables. Why did he hire uh, agents who had no families, right? They were all single men. Yeah. So they couldn't attack their families. You know, these vipers are smart. These vipers are real smart. And uh, their their modus operandi is to attack our families, right? That's Absolutely. exactly what they do. Okay. And the thing that's interesting about the ex parte uh, TPO, or the Temporary Protective Order, it supposedly is only about three years old. It's against the Constitution because they can't have private councils and do all these things. And... 85% of all TPOs are served on men from women, and they're so easy for a woman to get that actually in New Jersey, a woman got a TPO against David Letterman mm. because she was feeling harassed through her television. <laughs> That's how ridiculous it is, but it's yeah. literally stacked that easy that my wife went in, signed a paper. They said, okay, cool, we're going to screw your husband for you. That easy. And if I would have went in there and, and really had a, a severe issue or something, they would have laughed me out of there and been like, "She could take care of yourself," you know. Yeah. So they always go for the woman, and then when and and just like a devil, when when the devil can't really coerce your woman, he goes right to your children That's and right. uses your children as leverage. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, it's pretty much as I had thought that you, know, you were being attacked by the feds as a result of your affiliation with Hal Turner, and uh, you know I tried to warn people about Hal Turner. You know, a couple of years before he came down, and uh, it's just he. You know, it's, it's like uh, you know, when a guy gets a reputation as a white nationalist, and people keep going to his site. Well, you know, it's hard to overcome that. You know, 
Yeah. And so you just you just have to wait for something to come down. And he finally came down, right? Unfortunately, he brought a few people with him. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah. did. And you, the, the the lesson I learned through it all, honestly, is listen to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> because if I would have listened to my wife in the beginning, she would have saved me the, the whole stalking charge and a lot of aggravation. And when I started listening to my wife, she was actually able to do a lot of things to, to help me, you know. Yeah. So that's what I've learned. Listen to your wife. She's a help meet for a reason. Yes. Very good. Very good. All right, uh, Pastor Visser, I'm I'm very happy, praise Yahweh, that you're out. I think uh, uh, that all of these, you know, we've had a lot of court victories of late, okay, because yeah. thank you, thank Yahweh for the U.S. Constitution, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. They These people are tyrants. They have no conception of what true law and rule of law is. We are the ones telling the truth. We are the ones that have the law on our side, and Yahweh will give us a victory in due time. Okay. Amen. So, so thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, explaining the situation that many, many people have been asking about about you. So, uh, yes, and uh, we need to continue praying as a people for the awakening of true Israel so that all of these phony baloney pastor such as Lynn Stench who is actually a Jew and Hal Turner and the rest of them are exposed and are put out of their misery <laughs> okay. alright thank you very good very much uh, and, and good luck to you sir okay. thank you God bless okay God bless All right. okay Greg yes All right. oh, what a story that was yes. I, uh, Jeremy Visser's in my prayers yes yes <laughs> now, the part where he said they Slammed him down to the ground and arrested him on his own front porch. That that would have been hard to take, you know. Um, yeah. But I don't know when it when the Jewish machine is turned on us. Uh, they have a lot of different angles they can come at us. So I, I don't know. That, that's a touching story. Yes, yes, and and uh, just uh, as a point of warning, all of our people have to be aware that uh, if you're affiliated with Christian identity, especially if you're a leader of the religion, right, or, or at all prominent or, or doing work in your community, you can expect this kind of treatment from the Fed. So uh, my best advice is be nonviolent, be courteous. Don't, don't uh, you know, obviously uh, Pastor Visser was very cooperative in all the things that he did, and he was exonerated. Had he started to become violent and said, I, you people, uh, you're, you're disobeying God's law and you don't deserve to live and all this kind of, if he had reacted improperly, he would have incriminated himself in some other regard, right? Well, no doubt. It, it, would, have just, it would have just dug a deeper hole. Even if he was right, he would have been used against him. That's right. That's so right. It, it sounds like he handled it, you know, in, in the best possible way. Yes. And yeah. um, I... I think we can all of us expect yeah. similar type of uh, right. government intrusion in our life as, as time goes on. I don't see any reason for it to get any better for us. No, it's not. They're, they're going to step up the tyranny. Because and the ironic thing is, is, is to me, Christian identity believers are the ultimate patriots of our country. We're the ultimate obeyers of the law. You know, we, we love our families as much or more than anyone else. I mean, it, it's crazy that we're targeted by our own government yeah. for our religious beliefs, while all these other lunatic religious beliefs, uh, people are allowed to do whatever they want. 
But, you know, I think it boils down to the fact that because we name the Jew for who they really are rather than who they pretend to be, that's what puts us, uh, you know, under under the uh, microscope and turns the government power loose on us. You know, because as Jews have infiltrated all the all of our government institutions, all our law enforcement agencies are absolutely controlled by Jews uh, all the way up to the highest levels. I mean, they can just turn that machine right on us. Yes. No, easily. So it just pays us to to be careful how we live, to live a righteous life, to not be breakers of law, you know, in, in any way. I mean, if we, you know, they can come after us uh, for for breaking no laws. You know, how much more if we actually are, you know, have criminal behavior going on in any way? So, you know, it, it pays for us to be to live a, a careful, righteous life and a quiet life while we go about our our beliefs. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's get to our uh, scheduled program here. We have the Testament of Dan, and uh, it's a fairly short testament compared to the others. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe we can get through it with, uh, we have about, uh, well, we can maybe go a little longer here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we can get through it in an hour. Okay. But I, I, just my final thought, I appreciated that that um, that interview that you did there with Jeremy Visser. That was, that was quite touching and uh, even a bit of a warning to the rest of us. Yeah. You know. Well, it's, that it's same thing can happen to us as well. It's interesting that Lynn Stench was involved. <laughs> Why am I not surprised, right? Yeah, there's yeah. that. Yeah. There's that. And a lot of us, you know, I mean, a lot, let's face it, a lot of us listen to Hal Turner. I did. He said a lot of things that you'd agree with. Uh-huh. You know, and once in a while you'd think, boy, you know, I really like what he just said. I don't know how he's saying that yeah. and getting away with it. Right. Of course, right. now now we know why he got away with it. it well, was, you know, and you know. let me just say, because I've been saying this for years, and all the people listening will back me up. Anybody who teaches that we should commit violent acts or illegal acts is immediately ejected from our company, because that person always turns out to be an infiltrator. Okay. Right. We don't need to commit violent acts against the vipers. Yahweh has told us many times that he will enact justice for us if we obey his law. That's all we have to do. That's it right there. And, you know, Turner was the classic agent provocateur trying to incite us to do illegal acts and apparently was successful in some cases. So, you know, we got to learn from that situation. If someone comes in among us and tries to get us to do things that are against the law, immediately that person should be highly suspect. Right. Those, those people are never any good. Either they're, they don't know the law, they don't, they're not with Yahweh, because they wouldn't be suggesting that if they were. It's obvious they don't know the law. Okay. And then number two, the, the likelihood that they're infiltrators or just plain idiots is, highly, is very great, you know, uh, upwards of 90%. So right. those types of people are not even worth associating with. And if, if we do associate that with them in the future, they have to come back with repentance. Right? Right. And I think we can expect more of this now. I mean, as, as you know, your website grows, as Bill's website is growing, as these programs become more popular, as more people begin to listen, I mean, we will be drawing attention to ourselves. Right. Uh, I have no doubt that even now, there are federal agencies probably monitoring our very program today. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so 
I think we just have to, to live a righteous life and live out our, our true religion. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to quote Isaiah 49:25. This is Yahweh speaking to his people Israel. I will contend with him that contends with thee. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if these people are attacking us, all we have to do is pray to Yahweh and say, Yahweh, visit this person. Visit this person, and if he's <laughs> visit him with the exact justice by which he is falsely accusing others, because that is the law. And if somebody accuses, uh, let's say, Brian and Bill of engaging in homosexual acts, right, as Lynn right. Finch has done, okay, well, what's the penalty for homosexuality? Yeah, death. It's death. It's death. So Lynn Stench, you better watch your P's and Q's, because Yahweh will visit you if you keep making these false accusations. Okay? All Amen right. to that, let's, yes. Yes. Okay, let's get into the Testament okay. of Dan. And, and we're going to find it interesting today that even though we're studying ancient literature of the patriarchs, I believe it's perfectly, perfectly applicable to our, our current situation. Uh, right now in time. That's the beauty of, of the, the true writings of, of Yahweh's uh, Yahweh's patriarchs is that, you know, we're not studying just ancient history, but, but this applies to us right here and right now. Um, and again, we've, we've been emphasizing in these testaments of the patriarchs that this is not ancient Jewish literature as it might be described on various internet sites or on Wikipedia if you looked up Testament of Dan, you know, Dan was not a an ancient Jewish man. Right. He was a white Caucasian man. He you know, he he was a white man. Yes. He was he was of the Adamic race just as the Caucasian race today uh is of the the true Adamic race, those that show blood in the face. He was a white man, not a Jew. And you know, I, I we've been emphasizing that through this entire series of messages. And I don't think we can say it enough, because all of us have gone through decades of brainwashing and teaching that all of these ancient patriarchs and Moses and Abraham and Jesus and the apostles and all the ancient prophets were Jews. That's what we've all been taught. And now we've gotten the realization that we've been lied to and hoodwinked. They were not Jews. They were not Edomites. They were white men. Mm Mm-hmm. They were the elect race of Yahweh, and we today, the, the Anglo-Saxon race, are the clear continuation of these ancient Israelite patriarchs. Right. So I, I daily grow to appreciate the fact that Yahweh has preserved these 12 tribes. You know, the, the progeny of these 12 patriarchs exists today in the world, and that is our race. And Dan is yet again going to make it clear to us that we are a race, that the that the the people of Yahweh are are not just a large group of people that have prayed a, a creed or a prayer, but they are a race, a genetic race of people. And I, I never grow tired of that because all around us is the lie of Satan that it's not a race, that it's a group of believers, that it's the church, that it's anybody that wants to come to Jesus, that's you know, that's watering it down from every possible angle. And yet all the ancient writings point to the fact that it's a totally exclusive group, uh, and it's a race, and no one else. And Dan is going to make that point to us yet again. So praise Yahweh for, for the clear words of these ancient patriarchs. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, let's get into this a little bit here. Let me let me read, and, and we'll just jump in and begin to you know 
as thoughts come, um, and I've got notes here, uh, but I'll just read for a little while here. The copy of the words of Dan, which he spoke to his sons in his last days, in the 125th year of his life, for he called together his family and said, Hearken to my words, you sons of Dan, and give heed to the words of your father. I have proved in my heart and in my whole life that truth with just dealing is good and well-pleasing to God. And right there, he proves himself that he's not a Jew. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. <laughs> that truth good. with just dealing. Yeah, what is would, would you, would you that? use that phrase to describe the Jewish business world, or no. Jews in particular? No, or, the, or a rabbi. With just dealing is good? Yes. It, I mean, as a people, they're the exact opposite of this. That's right. You know, this, this describes our people. That's right. People of truth, people with just dealing, living a good life. This, this is the Anglo-Saxon race. So I, I appreciate it right away, this, this clear statement of Dan describing uh, in essence, the white race, dealing just dealing with good and well-pleasing to Yahweh, and that lying and anger are evil because they teach man all wickedness. Mm-hmm. That's right. And again, if we look behind all the wickedness going on in the world today, what group of people tends to be almost universally, not just behind it, but getting wealthy off of it, getting wealthy off the vices of mankind? Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's right. It, it's right. the Jew. It's the Jew that is the, the the demon behind all the vices of the world. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just the the more I, I read these testaments, these patriarchs, the more I see they can only be describing one group of people in the world today, and that's the Anglo-Saxon race. That's right. That's and right. I, let, yeah. I'll read on here. Um, I confess, therefore, this day to you, my children that in my heart I resolved on the death of Joseph, my brother, the true and good man, and I rejoiced that he was sold, because his father loved him more than us. For the spirit of jealousy and vainglory <laughs> said to me, Thou thyself also art his son, meaning Jacob's son. Right. And one of the spirits of Belial or Satan, stirred me up, saying, Take this sword, and with it slay Joseph. So shall thy father love thee when he is dead. Now this is the spirit of anger <laughs> right. that persuaded me to crush Joseph as a leopard crushes a kid. But the God of my fathers did not suffer him to fall into my hands so that I should find him alone and slay him and cause a second tribe to be destroyed in Israel. Okay, okay. What did he had a real ins- go ahead, Eli. Go ahead. What did he mean by the first tribe? Do you think he meant Reuben because Reuben had lost his birthright? Well, I thought it was either that or I thought perhaps his own tribe, because of such a, a heinous murder oh, of one okay. of his own brothers, yes. I had the thought that not only would Joseph's tribe come to an end, but his own tribe as yes. well. Because he would be guilty of murder and the penalty of such for a great death. sin. Yes. Yes, but the, ins- the insight that I had here, and you know, several of the other patriarchs have repented on their deathbeds of the whole matter concerning Joseph and how evil it was and their part in it. And, you know, we saw that in the last few few accounts that we looked at. This matter of Joseph comes up. So it, it's a big deal. They're all talking about it, you know, um, among their final words. A number of them have repented yet again of the evil they did to Joseph. Yes. Yeah. And the insight that I got as the way Dan plays it here 
was that this was a satanic attack on the 12 tribes. Uh-huh. It, was, it was not just, oh, you know, the brothers were, were jealous, they were angry, you know, they were tired of Joseph and his visions of them bowing down to him, so, you know, let's get rid of this guy. But this was a satanic attack against the white race. And he himself here is, is confessing, that he says, now this spirit of anger that persuaded me to crush Joseph as a leopard crushes a kid. And then right above it, he says, and one of the spirits of Satan stirred me up, uh-huh. saying, take this sword and with it slay Joseph. So shall your father love you when he is dead. This is literally the voice of Satan speaking right. here. That's right. To the yeah. patriarchs to slay Joseph with the lie that, um, oh, you know, when you kill him, Jacob's going to love you even more. Right, exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, let's face it, whenever jealousy. Satan is speaking, it, it's to harm us, to harm our race. Right. I mean, it, it, you can't help but think of what went on in the garden when Satan was talking to Adam and particularly to Eve. You know, did God really say that you'd die? If you partook of this evil fruit, you know, uh-huh. you know, in reality, you're going to be as as a god like I am, you know, holding out the the sinful act and promising a lie of Satan will be the result. And I just saw here very clearly that this whole matter of Joseph was Satan, and Satan truly had to have had a fairly clear view that. I mean, if anybody understood the concept of race in a clear way, it had to have been Satan. He understood that Yahweh had called out Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now these 12 patriarchs. So, what better way to to cause havoc in Yahweh's plan than yeah. to kill, kill, start to kill these, these uh, patriarchs off? Right, right, exactly. Well, we all get tested, and it's obvious that our own patriarchs you know, had their own, uh, what is it, uh, foibles, liabilities, weaknesses, right? Sure. They yeah. were just like us. Yes. <laughs> they weren't supermen. They were just elect of Yahweh, as we are, but they weren't endowed with any supernatural, you know, super hyper-spiritual yes. people. I mean, if anything, we have found in our studies that they were men of weakness. Yes, that's right. Look at Judah. Look at Reuben. Right. I mean, you could almost sell yourself on the fact that they weren't even uh, uh, true believers in Yahweh based on some of their behaviors. And even Dan here confesses that he was, he actually was trying to kill uh, Joseph, but he says Yahweh didn't suffer or allow him to fall into my hands. You know, he was trying to kill Joseph through the uh, influence of the satanic spirit. Joseph had been targeted by Satan for death, and Yahweh, you know, Yahweh saved him out of the hand of Dan. Dan was going to kill him. He's saying it right here. He was going to kill him the way a leopard crushes a young a young goat. That's how Dan was saying he was going to kill Joseph. You see Satan at work there. Yes. You know, and and I mean, what is has much changed since that time? No. I mean, look, look at how our race is under attack worldwide today, uh, just flat out trying to kill us. I mean, That's right. just the past hundred years, the wars yeah. alone, how many millions of our race have been slaughtered needlessly and stupidly and satanically. You know, Satan now is able to whip up wars through his uh, his race that rules this earth. 
How about the race mixing to destroy our, our race? That's right. That's right. You know? How about the abortions to, to slaughter many of us before we even have a chance to be born? I, I, I wish I could know a percentage in the United States alone of the tens of thousands, maybe there's more than that, of abortions per year. What percentage of them are done on white women that are carrying a white baby? I wish I knew that number. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm sure it's a high number. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, look I mean, how you... Go ahead. And who's in charge of the abortion industry? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I, well, I can speak from experience. I mean, a lot of people here uh, know I was in the pharmaceutical industry for many, many, many years. And uh, a lot of the products I used to sell were related to female health care and birth control. And I used to call on some offices uh, that were abortionists. I used to occasionally have to walk through picket lines of people outside abortion offices. Uh, one in particular strikes me. Um, he actually had bulletproof glass in his office. They had to buzz you in. It was definitely bomb-proof. I mean, they knew they knew they were performing evil. And invariably, abortionists were Jews. Um, I was acquainted with the abortionists that got killed up here in uh, Buffalo, New York. I don't remember the guy's name, but he took him out with a high-powered rifle. Right. <laughs> uh, that that I was acquainted with that abortionist. He was uh, a Jew. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Abortionists. As far I don't know a single one that's not a Jew. I mean, uh, there probably are a handful, but by and large, they are Jews, and by and large, the vast number of abortions are done on white women carrying white babies. Yet one more spirit of Satan, just as he whispered to Dan. Dan, take this sword, slay Joseph. Jacob will love you more when Joseph is gone, uh, alive from the pit of hell. And yet Dan was, was listening to it, and Yahweh saved Joseph out of that mess. Praise Yahweh for that. But these attacks today are even more sophisticated than back then. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, how about the financial enslavement of, of the white family, where the woman is forced to work, and the man is forced to, to slave, Absolutely keeping it. If, if the man and woman do have children, they usually have one or two. They're too busy working to have five, six, eight kids anymore. Who can right. do it? Yeah, absolutely. You know? How about the pharmaceutical warfare that's been declared uh, on us? I mean, I could go on and on. How about the, the, the warfare of, of drugs that all of our people, so many of our people take? I was in the industry. I know I'm an expert on it you know, creating entire disease states and selling it through uh, uh, television ads. Everybody's depressed. Hey, you have trouble speaking in front of a group? Well, you need this pill, you know, attacking us through our food, through our air, through our water. I mean, uh, brothers and sisters, war has been declared upon our race specifically. And this is, again, in the end time, Satan just declaring war on us trying to do to us exactly what he was trying to do to Joseph. Kill him. Right. Kill him. Right. Yeah. And, well, and, and isn't it true throughout the history of the 12 tribes that they made war against each other? Right? Isn't, isn't that what we are trying to avoid? Further right. bloodshed between whites? And, you know, I, I used to think, well, you know, no wonder that the House of Judah and the House of Israel split apart and had wars. They just couldn't get along. But now I'm beginning to see it's not just that they couldn't get along. It was Satan was in there working as he is working today 
getting us to kill off each other. Right. Uh, you know, I just uh, I'm a, I'm a history buff. I love I especially love the history of World War II. Yeah, that's the funny thing about Christian identity. We, we like history. <laughs> yes. History is a fascinating subject. It's boring when you re- uh, learn it in school, right? Right. Yeah, because you don't know who the players are. That's right. When you know who the players are that caused all of these wars and what was behind it and who who was behind it and what some of the real, you know, the real reasons for these wars were. So, you know, the main one that the Jews could steal the land of Palestine in 1948 and World War One and World War Two, essentially, you know, that being one of the main motivations for those wars, also to punish the, the Germans for actually recognizing who the Jews were. And... Um, you know, I, I, I've just finished watching over the last couple of nights this really excellent uh, uh, documentary on uh, naval warfare in World War II. I have a particular interest in that naval warfare. I, I'm convinced it's because I'm of some tribe that was a seafaring tribe. I had to be. Okay. I, I, lo- I love stories of the sea. Yeah. And, 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 and you I like halibut too, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just couldn't get over that it was our race from one side of the world fighting our race from the other side of the world and the Jews whipping up the whole thing and sitting back and hardly any of them dying while millions yeah. of us were dying on both sides of the war. Right. The best and brightest of our race being slaughtered for essentially no reason whatsoever. Yeah, leaving a lot of widowed white women for you know, blacks and mestizos and Jews to take advantage of. You know, it's incredibly sinister. Right, and billions being made off the war industry, the the shipbuilding, you know, the the armaments, on and on and on. And the Jew, and I just saw this same spirit of Satan that was working on Dan, working on our race, and even working to this very moment in time today, slaughtering us through various methods, some not so sophisticated, like wars to this day going on that we really have no business being involved in over in Iraq, Iran. uh, Iran hasn't happened yet. That one apparently is going to happen. Jews stirring up things in Korea. Yeah. Why why would we even care what went on in a country like Afghanistan if it was not for them being an enemy of the Jew? Yes, yes. We have no business over there. And if we did, we should have been able to take care of it in a, in, in a year and been in and out. Yeah, yeah. No, well, our, our it, government is violating all sorts of constitutional provisions. You know, no, number one, Congress is supposed to declare, declare war. It shouldn't be done by presidential executive order, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, we're we're supposed to be defensive. We're not supposed to be aggressive in warfare. We're simply supposed to defend our own territory. That's exactly what the Constitution says. Right. It, it just shows how much deception there is in the last days, uh, exactly like Enoch prophesied there would be. He prophesied in the very end there would be great deceit in the world. Yes. And and I don't know a better description of our current time than that. Nothing but deception, you know, to the point, very point where the enemies of Yahweh are, are celebrated as the elect of Yahweh and that the very elect of Yahweh are celebrated as domestic extremists and terrorists uh-huh i mean does it get more deceptive than that right <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so that that's great deception enoch hit it right on the head yeah anyway let's read on a little bit here okay where are we uh paragraph three? chapter 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 two here oh okay 
Yeah, because we talked about he was going to cause a second tribe to be destroyed in Israel if okay. Joseph was killed. All right, and and okay. I, I was thinking that he was referring to his own tribe would be destroyed. I think you're right. He, and yeah. he killed Joseph. Because he would, would have been, been judged. Yes. Very you know, good. what a lie of Satan exposed at the end, he sees it. He had originally thought, if I kill Joseph, Jacob will love me more because right. Joseph will be gone. And in reality here, he sees that had he killed Joseph, two of the 12 tribes would have been destroyed. Right, right. Clear victory for for Satan. Let Absolutely. me read on here. Very good. And now, my children, behold, I am dying, and I tell you of a truth, that unless you keep yourselves from the spirit of lying and of anger and love truth and long-suffering, you shall perish. Kind and, of the message for today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there it is. I think he's saying right there. Had I, had I listened to that spirit of lying, and killed, yes. killed Joseph, I would have perished, and hence my tribe would have perished. For anger is blindness, and does not suffer one to see the face of any man with truth. For though it be a father or a mother, he behaveth towards them as enemies. Though it be a brother, he knoweth him not. Though it be a prophet of the Lord, he disobeys him. Though a righteous man, he regards him not. Though a friend, he doth not acknowledge him. For the spirit of anger encompasses him with the net of deceit, and blindeth, blindeth his eyes, and through lying darkens his mind, and giveth him its own peculiar vision, and wherewith encompasses it his eyes with hatred of heart, so as to be envious of his brother. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, it's it, it's fascinating because one of the most common themes I get in my emails from uh, people who are just coming into identity and trying to share it with their friends and relatives, the the often uh, complaint is, "Boy, these people hate me for trying to tell them that the Jews aren't Israel." <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the the reaction is absolute hatred from Christians who who preach. Jesus loves everybody. Right. Their minds become darkened, and they have their own peculiar vision. That, yeah. That's a, a good description of of, Christ, of the false Judeo-Christianity. Right. And, and so you know, they, they preach love, but when when they are challenged to love someone who doesn't agree with their worldview, wow, the mask yeah. comes off, doesn't it? Well, it, it absolutely does. And... The message of identity being exclusionary to a particular race is going to cause a reaction in these people. You know, um, it's always a challenge to present Christian identity to people for the first time. That it they've is a ever challenge, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I'm good at it. I, I tend to fire hose them. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I, I'm sure because you know all of us, we know a lot, we see a lot, you know, and and to come to people that see nothing of this, you almost have to spoon-feed them little bites up front. Yes. And I have a tendency to just kind of throw a side of beef at them sometimes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I'm, I, I try to watch out for that. You know, I'm trying to learn yeah. the best well, way mean, to present uh, this. Yeah, Christian identity is barbecued beef with hot sauce, right? So, <laughs> and, and they're still on they're still on milk. Right. I'm glad you anyway. said like a big slab of beef ribs and not <laughs> <Right>. pork ribs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, it's a challenge to present this message to Judeo Christians or to anyone, but you know, Judeo Christians in particular and not yeah. just blow them out of the boat with your first one minute of what you're saying to them. 
Right, right. Because no, it shatters. It shatters. It's shatters fa- yeah, what, it's fascinating that Jews have actually a l- less of a problem with Christian identity than Judeo-Christians. Because you know, most Jews know that their religion is a crock, right? Yeah. So, you know, they're not upset when we claim to be the Israelites of the Bible. They're just going to continue with business as usual. You know, I mean, they've been lying for the last 2,000 years. They'll just continue to lie. You know, what's the problem? You know? Right. There's no problem at all. <laughs> but uh, the Judeo-Christians, in fact, somebody sent me a great email. If you want to anger a Republican, tell him a lie. But mm-hmm. if you want to anger a liberal, tell him the truth. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no, that that seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing is true of Judeo-Christians. If you really want to get them riled up, tell them the truth. Because they can't handle the truth. They can't. Oh, no, they can't. They really cannot, you know. And, and that's that's why my own situation with my marriage is, has gone so bad. Um, you know, yeah. as, as I felt obligated to share the truth with her. She just literally could not handle it. Uh huh. Yeah. She just could not handle it. Right. So it's an unfortunate thing, but I, I, I didn't feel that I could compromise no. this message with her. Yeah. You know, so. Well, many of us have gone through that, uh, and Jesus said that families will be broken up over the truth. Yeah. Right. He said that. But and that's, that's how strongly I, I see and believe this message. That I. I I, it I don't want to water this down to anybody. Right. I mean, this this is to me the greatest truth in the world today is, is these yeah. truths in identity in our elect race in these end times, and I just I'm I'm very very profoundly thankful to Yahweh that my eyes were open to this. You know, it's, yeah. it's a great thing. I mean, it, it's the truth of of the world, the universe, to see these things. Absolutely. Well, 99 percent of our race is is mired in deceit. And have no idea of who they even are in the world. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, I mean, this two thousand year old uh, impersonation identity theft on the part of the Jews pretending to be the Israelites of the Old Testament. That that understanding will simply re- revolutionize your comprehension of the Bible. Once you know that, and you know that everything the Jews say about themselves is nothing but lies. And then you can correctly identify the actors on the stage. You got to have a program to identify the people in the show, right? Right. And if you've got the two, if you got the protagonist and the antagonist mixed up, you'll never understand the play, right? Right. And <laughs> yeah. absolutely, once you see that the ancient patriarchs were white, and that we are, you know. We are the true seed line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob alive today. The Bible becomes an absolutely new book to you. That's right. You you realize you're not just reading all these things that were written about this group of Jews called Israel, and I don't know really how it applies to me. Once you see that the whole thing is written specifically to you and your group of people, oh, the Bible is just the the, the most fascinating, interesting book that's ever been written. Yes. Even though you might have said that before, now you mean it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Now it's all written to you and yours and, and all these people were your ancient relatives by blood, by DNA. Yeah. So, yes. praise Yahweh. It, it's these these are great truths, and I don't ever want to think I'm taking them for granted. Right. Um, Absolutely. So. Well, no. And the fact is, uh, 
Paul and all the apostles tell us that we we will have to go through tribulation, as Pastor Visser, uh, you know, explained earlier in the show today. But if we keep our faith in Yahweh, just as all of the prophets, they had all of the prophets had tremendous tribulation. Joseph had tremendous tribulation, but he stuck. He never lost his faith in Yahweh. And look what happened to Joseph. He became the second highest ruler in Egypt. Right. This is the patience of the saints. That's right, and, and that's such a great, great example of how to live a life in the midst of, of you know, a disaster unfolding. Right, right. And then the, the rest of the Judeo-Christian world says, oh, woe is me, why doesn't yeah, God answer my prayers? <laughs> well, try obeying the law, and then he will answer your prayers, right? Right, and, and Dan gets exactly into that. Why don't we jump okay. back in here, um, in chapter 3 here. For anger is an evil thing, my children, for it troubles even the soul itself, and the body of the angry man it makes his own, and over his soul it getteth the mastery, and it bestoweth upon the body power that it may work all iniquity. And when the body does all these things, the soul justifies what is done, since it seeth not aright. Therefore he that is wrathful, if he be a mighty man, hath a threefold power in his anger, one by the help of his servants, and uh-huh. a second by his wealth, whereby he persuadeth and overcometh wrongfully, and thirdly, having his own natural power, uh, he worketh thereby the evil. And through and and though the wrathful man be weak, yet hath he a power twofold of that which is by nature, for wrath ever aideth such in lawlessness. This spirit goeth always with lying at the right hand of Satan, <laughs> that with cruelty and lying his works may be wrought. Yes, yes, very good. So we just see Satan at work here, you know, and, and I think Dan at this point had great realization of, of the subtleties of the lies of Satan. Yeah, yeah, and, and, how Satan, you know, and speaking of cruelty, mm-hmm. the white race is not cruel. But you look at the Jews, look how they cruelly they te- treat the Palestinian people. You know, executing little children at point-blank range with their rifles. Bulldozing homes in the middle of the night while the, while the people are still sleeping in their beds. Putting yeah. up a kosher concrete curtain. Dividing themselves from the Palestinians. And, they don't, and that's not apartheid? Yeah. Well, you have to look pretty hard to find any type of white cruelty yeah. that even would come close to that. That's right. You know, of course it has to be drummed up uh and and invented, you know, as as the the so-called atrocities in World War II yeah. that supposedly Hitler did, which can historically be easily disproven. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, laws must be passed in many European countries where discussion of it cannot even take place. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. How can a historical event have actual laws passed against it where it cannot be openly discussed. Yes, exactly. What could they possibly be hiding there? Yeah, and, and that's censorship. And yet the Jews have always been crying out against censorship yeah. for themselves. Oh, yeah. They don't want to be censored. Well, in fact, in our country, the last time I checked, I believe there was 28 Holocaust museums ah, in the United States. Ah, at taxpayer expense, no, that, no less. Yes, with yeah. more being planned. Because even though here it's not against the law, yet to question it. It, it it certainly they're headed that way but yeah. 
every every big town must have a museum. I know Chicago certainly has a big one. Yeah, Sophie, of course. And, and I'm absolutely certain that there's continual field trips for all schools, you know, running them through it, brainwashing them, showing them all the pictures, giving them all the, the propaganda so that everybody gets to know it, you know. Uh-huh, right. Just, just a, a, a propaganda machine, that is. That's right, that's right. So... Let me uh, let me read on because we're really beginning to get into some of the good stuff here okay. in, in Dan's book. Um, Understand ye therefore the power of wrath, that it is vain. For it first of all gives provocation by word, then by deeds. It strengtheneth him who is angry, and with sharp losses disturbs his mind, and so stirreth up with great wrath his soul. Therefore, when anyone speaketh against you, be not moved to anger. Wait, what? What? That's a yeah, tough one. And, and, and you know, <laughs> this is good for us right now because yeah, we have right. these dissenters and, and provocateurs yeah. trying to speak against us. It yeah. says, Be ye not moved to anger. Um, for first it pleases the hearing, and so maketh the mind keen to perceive the grounds for provocation, and then being enraged, he thinketh that he is justly angry. If you fall into any loss or ruin, my children, be not afflicted. For this very spirit maketh a man desire that which is perishable, in order that he may be enraged through the affliction. And if you suffer loss voluntarily or involuntarily, be not vexed, for from vexation arises wrath with lying. Mm-hmm. Moreover, a twofold mischief is wrath with lying, and they assist one another in order to disturb the heart. And when the soul is continuously disturbed, the Lord departs from it, and Belier rules over it. Well, yeah, because once you tell one lie, then you always have to tell more lies to cover up the first lie, right? Right. That's, and I think it's clear he's referring back to his experience with Joseph here yet again. Yeah, right. And, and what happened with him listening to the lying spirit of Satan, and he says a twofold mischief is wrath with lying, and they assist one another in order to disturb the heart. Yeah. And when the soul is continuously disturbed, the Lord departs from it, and Satan rules over it. Yeah. Do you not see that he's he's referring really here to himself in the whole sure. matter with Joseph? Well, he's had uh, experience with the criminal mind. You uh, either perpetrate a crime or a lie. Okay. And then when you get caught, well, then you have to lie. And if the person accusing you is telling the truth, well, should I get rid of this person and commit murder? And, you know, and it just builds up from there. Right. He, yeah, he's speaking clearly only to Israelites here. These, yes. these experiences really don't apply so much to the other races. He, he's speaking to his sons on his deathbed that if they listen to Satan, the, lie, the lying spirits of Satan, that Yahweh will depart from them and Satan will rule over them, in a sense, just like happened to him as he tried to slay Joseph. Right. And Satan almost had a tremendous victory there, but Yahweh preserved Joseph. Uh-huh. And in a sense, preserved Dan as well, by not allowing him to, to slay Joseph. You know, yeah. look at the disaster that would have been for Israel. Oh, yes, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, think, I mean, look at what Joseph went on to do. Exactly. He, he preserved, I, I mean... Had Satan been allowed to slay Joseph through Dan, 
who knows what would have happened to to the twelve tribes of Israel? Yeah. They may well have not even survived. Right. So, right. you know, Satan Satan was ruling over Dan here for a short period of time, um, and then he goes on. He goes, "Observe therefore, my children, the commandments of the Lord, and keep His law. Depart from wrath and hate lying, that the Lord may dwell among you, and Belial may flee from you." I mean, that, that's the best description of the true Israelite Christian life that I've ever heard. Yes. It's short. It's observe and keep the laws of Yahweh. Depart from wrath. Hate lying. Yahweh will dwell among you, and Satan will flee from you. Uh-huh. That's right. It's a perfect description of the life that we should be living now. You know? Yes. Yes. Um, okay, well, let's continue. We have three more uh, chapters. And uh, I yeah, think... Well, we- well, let's see. I think we can get through it. And we're really getting into to his best part here coming up. A tremendous prophecy of Yahshua Christ coming okay. as well as a lot of these patriarchs prophesied on their deathbed. Um, speak truth, each one with his neighbor. So shall you not fall into wrath and confusion. That's exactly yes. what describes Christianity today. That's the right. Confusion. Yes. And that's this, because they have not kept the commandments of Yahweh, confusion reigns yeah. among them. Yeah, yeah they, they preach peace, peace, but there is no peace. Right. Thanks it, it's to their confusion. Own confusion. Yes. I mean, I mean, have you ever, if, if you were to sum up Judeo-Christianity in one word, is confusion not the perfect word? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, 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 they are totally confused, confused to the point where they don't even know that, that who they are as a race. Yes, right. Yeah, or they as a, don't as a have religion. a clue. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? But you shall be in peace, having the, the God of peace. So shall no war prevail over you. Love the Lord through all your life and one another with a true heart. I know that in the last days you shall depart uh, from the Lord. <laughs> there we go. Now he begins, yep. he begins to get into his prophecy. Yes. yes. In the last days you shall depart from the Lord and you shall provoke Levi unto anger and fight against Judah. But you shall not prevail against them, for an angel of the Lord shall guide them both, for by them shall Israel stand. Praise Yahweh. And that's Israel, meaning all Israel, yes. All Israel. Uh You know, and whensoever you depart from the Lord, you shall walk in all evil, now listen to this, and work the abominations of the nations, going a-whoring after <laughs> women of the lawless ones. Right. Oh. Uh, with all wickedness, the spirits of wickedness work in you. Uh-huh. You know, what can you say? This prophecy here, that in the end times, Yahweh's elect will depart and walk in evil, yes. work the abominations of the nations, and going a-whoring after women of the lawless ones, clearly referring to the other races. And how accurate is this statement that he makes? I mean, you look at our race today. As a, as a race, we've gone a-whoring after the, the women of the other races, the lawless ones. Yes, yes. While with all wickedness, the spirits of wickedness work in you. Yes. This is the, this is the prophecy of our race in the end times. Yeah, that's what's happening today. We are abominating ourselves with miscegenation. And look at how we are condemned 
for preaching racial purity yeah. and for trying to keep our racial purity as part of our religion. Yeah. We are we are universally condemned. I, I would say probably that's that's what it boiled down to with uh Jeremy Visser. Ultimately they probably hated him. Oh man. Yeah. Because he preached a message of racial purity as we are preaching that. Because I mean that that is the key message for our race is the purity of our race. That's right. Our belief in Yahweh and keeping his laws and the purity of our race. And yet right here, Dan is prophesying in the end times, we'll go a-whoring after other women. Right. Yeah. Well, here, I quoted this yesterday, but it's pertinent to this show, too. Ezra 2, verses 61 and 62. And and of the children of the priests, the children of Habiah, the children of Kaz, the children of Barzillai, which took a wife of the daughters of Barzillai the Gileadite and was called after their name. These sought their register among those who were reckoned by genealogy, but they were not found. Therefore were they, as polluted, put from the priesthood. Okay. Is that in uh, 1 Chronicles? Yes. No, this is Ezra. Ezra chapter 2, verses 61 and 62. All right. Yeah, you know, that whole concept is lost on our race today. That's right. That, you know, why should genealogy matter? What right. difference does it make? Generations of, of racial purity. Right. You know, the, the satanic teaching that goes on in Judeo-Christianity just, it, it makes me want to scream. Right, right, yeah. And even though I was I was trained in that and, and actually was granted a, a four-year degree in Bible from a, a recognized Bible university, never one time was the concept of the genealogy or the concept of race, ever mentioned to me one time. Right. When in reality, it is the absolute central truth of the Bible. That's right. From from Genesis to Revelation, the, the truth of race is the paramount teaching from yeah. beginning to end. Absolutely. And apart from understanding that, you do not understand the Bible. That's right. That's I don't right. care because how Because he has a Bible chosen people. You. He has a chosen people, and it's not the Jews. And nowhere yeah. does the Bible disavow... Uh, Yahweh gets angry with his chosen people, but nowhere does he disavow any of his promises to his chosen people. Yeah, why would why would Dan even make such a statement here? You're going. Our people in the end times will go a whoring. Yeah. After the the women of the lawless ones. Right. I mean, think about that statement in light of today's Judeo-Christian world, where yeah. these these uh, buildings known as churches are filled. Yeah, with multicultural whoremongers, right? (laughs) Exactly. These are just the exact uh, fulfillment of Dan's prophecy. That's right. It's absolutely fulfillment. Yes. So, uh, let me continue on here. And my, uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to go to verse seven. And my sons will draw near to Levi, and sin with them in all things. And the sons of Judah will be covetous plundering other men's goods like lions. Therefore you shall you be led away with them into captivity, and there shall you receive all the plagues of Egypt and all the evils of the nations. And so when you return to the Lord, you shall obtain mercy, and he shall bring you into his sanctuary, and he shall give you peace, and there shall arise unto you from the tribe of Judah and of Levi the salvation of the Lord. And he shall make war against Belial, 
and execute an everlasting vengeance on our enemies, and the captivity shall he take from Belial, and turn disobedient hearts unto the Lord. And he, he gets very good here in this prophecy, and this has clearly not happened yet. And give to them that call upon him eternal peace, and the saints shall rest in Eden, and in the new Jerusalem shall the righteous rejoice. New and it Jerusalem. shall be yeah. unto the glory of God forever. Not the old Jerusalem, yes. Right. And no longer shall Jerusalem endure desolation, as it is now desolate. Yeah nor Israel be led captive. For the Lord shall be in the midst of it, and the Holy One of Israel shall reign over it. And there's in parentheses, uh, I'm, I'm not going to read it, okay, the parentheses yeah, part here. Added by the translator. Yes, this okay. is an outstanding future prophecy here that is very much related to what's in the book of Revelation, uh, in Revelation chapter 21, regarding the New Jerusalem. And he's and he says here, for the Lord shall be living in the midst of it, exactly as it's mentioned in numerous places in the Bible. Uh, in fact, even, see, I have the book of Revelation up here. Let me go to it real quick. I wanted to read those verses in uh, Revelation chapter 21. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from Elohim, out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Elohim is with men, and he will dwell with them. Yeah. They shall be his people. And Elohim himself shall be with them and will be their El. Uh-huh. So here this concept of the New Jerusalem is the, the final glorified yeah. bride of Yahweh, Israel and all of its glory, the 12 tribes presented right. and as a bride yeah. to Yahweh. Yes, and according to Ob Obadiah and Zechariah, it'll be a world without Jews, <laughs> right? It'll be right. a world without Jews. Now, Judeo-Christianity teaches that this is the final glorified church. Yeah. And that is absolute. That, that is a heresy. That is a heresy. Yes. It's a heresy to think that and to teach that because all of a sudden that bride is no longer pure. That that is an impure bride, as that's they right. would teach, because that's going to include every other race that's running around out there. Yeah, and that's why these uh, these nations are falling apart because of the race mixing and multiculturalism. It's patently obvious that all of these formerly white nations in Europe, America, Australia, etc were prosperous before they started race mixing, and now they're they're going to hell in a handbasket. Right. And and listen to this, this these wonderful statements. And the saints shall rest in Eden, and in the new Jerusalem shall the righteous rejoice, and it shall be unto the glory of God forever. Yes. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Yeah. And the Lord shall be live shall be in the midst of it, and the Holy One of Israel shall reign over it. Clearly here is a future prophecy yet to be fulfilled. Um, and I, I certainly, this is something we can greatly look forward to. This, this new Jerusalem. There will be no Canaanites, Edomite Jews there. They'll all have been judged at this point, cast into eternal fire. They will have become ashes under our feet, according to Obadiah. And uh, we shall be rejoicing forever with Yahweh. 
and we shall rest in Eden, the garden of Yahweh. I mean, this is the future of, of the true Israel. So, again, you, you don't you don't get this teaching in Christianity. Yeah. I, I, it has such a vague view of the future. Oh yeah, that's dying the and going to heaven. Right, that, that's the problem with modern Judeo. It's vague. It lacks precision in, in any of its ideas. Like, what do they mean by saved? What well, does saved yeah. mean? Right? What does it mean, being born again? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Show me a verse that says when you die, you go to heaven. <laughs> right. That heaven is our destiny. Show me one verse. Yeah, uh, oh. that's, you know, that's actually pagan, right? The Illyrium, <laughs> Elysium, right? <laughs> destiny Valhalla. is... Yeah, the New Jerusalem is descending to the earth. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. You know, coming down from God out of heaven. Uh-huh, yes. It's yeah. coming down, it's not going up, it's coming down to this earth. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Yahweh will re- will make this earth new and the heavens new. Yes, yes, So this is all going to be changed. Let, let's see if we can get through this last chapter and we'll finish the book of Dan today. Yes. Because he makes one of the greatest statements I've ever read here, and we we have to get to it. And now, fear the Lord, my children, and beware of Satan and his spirits. Draw near unto God, and unto the angel that intercedes for you. For he is a mediator between God and man, and for the peace of Israel, he shall stand up against the kingdom of the enemy. He could only be referring to Yahshua Christ. That's, that's right. Therefore is the enemy eager to destroy all that call upon the Lord. And we should never forget that. That's right. The enemy is eager to destroy all that call upon the Lord. Nothing has changed. That's right. He's eager to destroy us even today. For he knows that upon the day on which Israel shall repent, the kingdom of the enemy shall be brought to an end. Uh, oh, right. I, I, that phrase I want to read again, because yeah. that's the key thought of the whole the whole message of Dan. For he knows that on the day on which Israel shall repent, the kingdom of the enemy shall be brought to an end. Yeah. Yes. That, that says it so perfectly. If Israel would repent, and by repent, having a, a change of mind and heart, and, and I, I believe understanding who they really are would be a big part of that repentance. Right, right. And, and recognizing that they're the elect race of Yahweh. Yeah, and, and the fact is, Christian identity is the only denomination that still teaches repentance. The rest of them teach that we're automatically, we were all saved in, in, in what, 33 A.D. when Jesus was crucified. And now we're just what waiting part? to be, be lofted up into heaven. Right. They, no would teach, they would teach a repentance, but it would be such a, 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 a ill-conceived version of repentance. Well, shallow, right? It's very this shallow. This is national racial repentance. That's right. right. Exactly. Israel shall repent. Yes. The nation, the, the, our race, if we ever wake up and recognize who we are in the world and what our destiny is, on that day the kingdom of Satan shall be brought to an end. Because at that at that time our dominion would again be rightfully ours. We would recognize yeah. as part of that repentance that we have not exercised dominion as Yahweh uh, dictated that we were to exercise it. I mean, we are the race that should be running this world That's in right. all these countries. Yeah. But in matter of fact, Greg, the reason we're not running this world is because of our disobedience. Our people are still rebelling against Yahweh's law. 
They either think that they don't need to obey the law because the law has been done away with, or they think too highly of themselves because most of our people are still too well off, right? When our people right. become prosperous, they forget God. Right, and that's why we've had to have gone through so much right. so much turmoil whilst why Satan has been allowed to destroy so many of us. But they're too proud to admit that Yahweh is punishing them for their lawlessness. And i I got to say, I'm very encouraged that there's even a small group of us, I don't know how many are in the chat room, looks like 40 or 50. Yeah, 40 or 50, I think. Is, there's a number of us that have repented yes. and have recognized who we are in the world. And that Yahweh has a remnant that has repented. Yeah. And I'm I'm very encouraged. You know, you wish there were millions. You know, I don't know what the final number will be, but I know for now there's a handful that acknowledge Yahweh and recognize our racial heritage as true Israelites in the world. And that at least in our own little area, we exercise the dominion that Yahweh granted to Adam and which is now even ours through our repentance. Yes. And I think Yahweh can work with that. But it, I love this phrase, on the day that Israel shall repent, the kingdom of the enemy shall be brought to an end. For the very angel of peace shall strengthen Israel, that it fall not into the extremity of evil. And it shall be in the time of the lawlessness of Israel, that the Lord will not depart from them, but will transform them into a nation that doeth his will, for none of his, for none of the angels will be equal unto him. Right. Again, referencing Yahshua Christ. Yes. And praise Yahweh. You'd have to say that we have been and are still in the time of the lawlessness of Israel right now. That's right. Where our race as a whole doesn't recognize the laws of Yahweh are still in effect, and we are in that time now. But it says the Lord will not depart from them, but will transform them into a nation that doeth his will, for none of the angels will be equal unto Yahshua Christ. Right, right, and he is our advocate if we repent. But if we, in, in pride, continue sinning, he will not be our advocate. He will be our prosecutor. Right. And he goes on, And his name shall be in every place in Israel and among the nations. Keep therefore yourselves, my children, from every evil work, and cast away wrath and all lying, and love truth and long-suffering. And the things which you have heard from your father, do you also impart to your children? Um, skipping the parentheses part here. Yeah. Part therefore from all unrighteousness, and cleave unto the righteousness of God, and your race will be saved forever. What? What was that word? <laughs> race? Yeah. And your race will be saved forever. And bury me near my father's. You know, <laughs> do you see why these books have been kind of buried? That's right. Because yeah, Israel is clearly race. a race. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we are a race. The Bible is a racial book. These truths of Yahweh are to one race and one race only. There, there's, no, there's no such thing as universalism, a message where Yahshua Christ died to save every two-legged person on the world. That is a heresy. Yeah, yeah. This, that's why this message offends many. Mm-hmm. Right. It is a message of race. And Dan is saying, your race will be saved forever if you follow these words. Yeah. 
Yeah, and actually the whole message that I am saved, that's a matter of pride. You know, that, that's all it is. It's just pride. We're the ones teaching that we need to repent. We're sinners and we're humbling ourselves before Yahweh. They're not doing that. No, they're they're not. And I, I just, this final paragraph here that he talks about, that the enemy is eager to destroy all yeah. that call upon Yahweh. That's right. For he knows that on the day which Israel shall repent, his kingdom shall be brought to an end. That's right. So, That's And right. this is what we've been praying for every day at noon, that Israel will repent, our race will, by Yahweh's mercy, be awakened, and that Yahweh will grant us a a true racial repentance, and that Israel will wake up to who they really are in these end days. Yes, yes. We can bring the kingdom of the enemy to an end. Yes. Uh, this is why we're no longer those that want, we don't want, we're not calling for violence against anyone at this point. No, there's no need to. Our call is for us to wake up and have a national, true Israelite repentance of our race, and everything else will take care of itself at that point. Yes, so yes. I, I just I just appreciate here his his prophecy of Yahshua that in the end times that Yahshua will not depart from us he will transform us into a nation that does his will for none of the angels will be equal unto him yes yes yeah so we are the light of the world we are the blessing to the nations okay we cannot be a blessing to the nations if we race mix ourselves out of existence. Right. That's why it's a racial message. And it's, it's, it's also a humble message because it tells us what we have to do, the, the standards to which we have to raise ourselves, and we've done a very poor job of that, right? The standards to which we have to raise ourselves in order to qualify of being this race of the restored Israelites. Right. By our good works, will we be rewarded? So I mean, the Bible says it a hundred times. Yeah, such a sad prophecy he makes here earlier on where we find ourselves that we walk in all evil and work the abominations of the nations and we go a-whoring after the women of the lawless ones. Yes, yeah. Well, this, and then, this is where our race is uh, currently. Yeah, I'm not sure if you uh, finished Chapter 7 because I know you've been skipping over the bracketed statements because they seem to be interpolations by the translator, right? Yeah, the only thing left was that first uh, couple sentences in the final little chapter. Okay, oh, well, why don't you read that, because the, even the interpolation in this case is very good. Okay. And when he said uh, these things, he kissed them and fell asleep at a good old age, and his sons buried him. And after that, they had carried up his bones and placed them near Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Uh, and then in parentheses it says, Nevertheless, Dan prophesied unto them, that they should forget their God and should be alienated from the land of their inheritance and from the race of Israel and from the family of their seed. There you go. And that's the case, right? Because many of every tribe, not just of the tribe of Dan, had become alienated from their own race. Praise Yahweh. Hallelujah for understanding and truth. It's a racial message. It's a racial message. Absolutely. These books shed great light on, on our, our Bible, you know, that we see just yet again these ancient books just confirm what it is that we're preaching, that the message of truth of the Bible is, is written to one group of people only and no one else. 
Yeah. And we are that group. Right. We are the right. ancient Israelites. We are their seed line continuing today. And Satan is attacking us and, according to Dan, trying to destroy us. And, and unfortunately, has been very successful. Yes. Yet Yahweh has preserved us yes. and has not departed from us. And I believe he is transforming us into yes. his nation in these end times that will do his will. And uh, none of the angels, whether the good angels or the evil ones, are equal to Yahshua Christ. Right. So with right. him as our mediator, uh, we cannot fail. Yes. Well, I, I so. understand now, uh, you know, there's several people, and I lost the link, but I believe uh, Matt, uh, Matt, uh, not Matt and Cheryl, but somebody else said they have a uh, a talk show radio show that uh, that they listed, but I can't find it right now. So please email me that link because we're getting more talk show radio shows by different people. That's encouraging. The Christian identity message is spreading. It's growing bigger and bigger. It cannot be denied. And then, you know, so those of you who uh, you know want to advertise your own radio shows and things you're doing, you know, please email me at eli-james at sbcglobal.net. Let me know about those things. I'll put the information in my newsletters. And of course, I will be publicizing the fact that uh, uh, that Jeremy uh, Jeremy Visser is back out. He's a free man, and he should be able to resume his, uh, you know, his ministry, his online ministry, and I think he, he should be available for other talk shows as well. So praise Yahweh for that. We have had three, three great legal victories in uh, this week in the courts, and uh, praise Yahweh. The more we pray to Yahweh for our deliverance, the more Yahweh acts on our behalf again. We, that. we have to obey his law. If we obey his laws, he will have mercy on us, and he will give us victory over our enemies and his enemies. Right? Yahweh. Yes. Amen. Okay. All right. Greg, thank you very much for uh, assisting me with the, this presentation of the Testament of Dan. Uh, uh, now, next week, uh, I, I spoke with Alan Truitt, and we're going to try to do it again Next week, you know, he just got okay. out of jail, and he's got to learn how to uh, be a responsible citizen again, right? <laughs> and not have all his needs taken care of. You know, he's got to uh, get, get an appointment book, write it down, and be there next Sunday at noon Eastern time. And again, if if it still doesn't come off, uh, I hope you'll be, still be available to fill in as you did last week, okay? Yeah, we could do the Testament of Naphtali. Um, yes. If that doesn't work out, just let me know. Yes, very good, very good. And also, ladies and gentlemen, this Tuesday and Thursday, I will be starting my uh, two shows per week on the Micro Effect at seven Central, seven Central, and I'm going to be talking about the uh, the French Revolution, Frederick Bastiat's book, The Law, showing the difference between uh, government out of control dictatorial government versus government which serves the people. That's going to be the message for the first few shows. So please join me. I understand that I haven't checked into the details yet of how the show runs, but I understand you can call in, so feel free to call in. 7 p.m. Central Time, Tuesday and Thursday this week on the Micro Effect, the Restoration Hour. Praise Yahweh. We are making our presence felt and we know that we're making the Jews uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to see squirm and, uh, and, and in the, Yahweh in the witness chair. Yes. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Greg. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Okay. Thank you all for listening, and Yahweh bless you all. Amen.